Welcome to the Farm Traders Podcast, Season 4, Episode 25, published on February 21st, 2023. In this episode, we'll be talking to Amanda Suffolk about SHOT Show and her bid for election to the NRA Board of Directors. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. We've got an exciting episode for everybody this week. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. Certified instructors can apply for FTA coverage. Remember, for listening to the podcast, you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. And in case anybody's out there asking the question, if you're served by any of the national training organizations, you can go along and apply for coverage. This episode is brought to you by Palm Pepper Spray. Palm has been an innovator in pepper spray technologies for several generations and continues to deliver the best formula in the best delivery system. Palm sells inert, water-filled units for instructors to utilize in training scenarios to help students understand the delivery system and train for those defensive scenarios. Palm is available in belt clip, keychain, and snap quick-release systems. Palm is the smallest half-ounce personal carry unit available on the market. Palm's flip-top dispensing system raises the standard for performance and safety with the strongest legal formula in 10 seconds of continuous spray or 20 half-second burst. Learn more and buy your unit at palmpepperspray.com. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Amanda Suffolk from Eye on the Target Radio. Welcome, Amanda, and thanks for taking time to talk to our audience tonight. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. For those who don't know who Amanda Suffolk is, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background and what you do in the 2A community? Oh, okay. Yeah. So currently, I am the only uh, nationally syndicated female Second Amendment radio host um, in the nation. So Dana Lash moved over to politics more than Second Amendment, though she dabbles in everything. So we do a show, we, my brother and I do a show Sunday nights of uh, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, and um, it's called Eye on the Target Radio. So in addition to that show, I am a frequent contributor to the uh, Polite Society podcast and The Bullet, which are Second Amendment, uh, sec- uh, Second Amendment Foundation, SAF.org products. And um, I'm on the advisory board of the DC Project. And if you haven't heard of the DC Project, write it down right now, dcproject.info. Because if you're a gun person, you want to know about that organization. Uh, 50 women, one from every state that does uh, Second Amendment things. It's like the Second Amendment now wears lipstick, is what we tell our elected officials. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and that's episode or season one, episode 113, if anybody wants to go back and listen to about DC Project. Oh, okay. Look at you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I kind of dabble. I, I'm I'm a little bit here and a little bit there, but it's it's so much, so much gun stuff, so much Second Amendment stuff, you know, that it's, um, you know, they're the end. Oh, and I'm running for the board of directors of the NRA. <laughs> So just in my, in my spare time, um, you know, it's an organization that's survived 150 years. And right now it's um, in distress because it's under attack by the New York state. And um, I believe that it needs to survive another 150 years and I'm not going to let it go down on my watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's 
it's one of those things that go along and tell people, you know, like any organization there are things you like about it and there's certain things you don't like about it. But I think we can all agree that we need the NRA um, in our corner at this point and do not want to see it fail. Well, what's really funny is that that there are people who are very vocal that say, you know, it needs to go down and we can, we can, and we could spend our money or, or support and, you know, insert whatever name you want, whatever letter organization you want in that spot. The the funny part is, is that Alan Gottlieb believes we need the NRA. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Pratt from Gun Owners of America believes we need the NRA. So, and one of the statements that was made to me was the fact that if the NRA and these other organizations, Firearms Policy Coalition, you know, you could just keep naming them. Um that the if they and the NRA are together in a room or in a lawsuit, the NRA takes the brunt of of the kicking and the screaming and and the abuse. And so the smaller, more spry organization is able to accomplish things because the NRA is doing the block and tackling and and taking those hits. If uh if if Shannon Watts was focused specifically on an organization that's that raises a million dollars a year, how soon could she take it down? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yeah. That's those are uh those are very, very good points. And um, you know, it's gotta be a team effort, however you look at it. And yeah. um, you know, we there's always room for improvement for it. But hey, Every, everything can get better. And the and the goal is is you look for people who are focused on continuous improvement, um, doing things new and unique and better and not the way we've always done it. You know, I think that's part of the reason why the NRA got in trouble in New York is that when when they were um incorporated for their 501c3, that was 150 years ago. New York was a free state then. Mm-hmm. Not so much now, right? So someplace, sometime, somebody should have should have not not just seen the shift because we saw the shift, identified what that actually meant to an organization like the NRA, and put another foot in another camp so that they had more options. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's where um, you know having dedicated people involved uh, definitely helps out for it. Mm-hmm. But hey, we'll we'll save some of the other questions about the board here for a okay. uh, few minutes. But real big question for you: I was unable yeah. to make Shot Show, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, were unable to make it. Can you give us some of the highlights of what you saw during uh, Shot Show? Well, it was um, it's it's back. We'll just start with it's back. So we went to Industry Day at the Range, and it's bigger. They said it's twenty percent bigger than it was two years ago <laughs> wow. 20 20 percent bigger and this year we got all the weather so we had a windstorm and then we had rain and then i swear we had snow i mean it was every, every type of weather that you could imagine out on the desert yeah, they, i saw people in heavy coats and and uh you know uh, stocking hats because of how high the winds they were i left looking like a drowned rat I mean, it it was, it wasn't just slightly, it was okay. I'm now officially so miserable. We have to leave. Right. And, and how miserable do you really have to be when you're talking about new guns you've never seen before and free ammo and all the time to shoot them. So, Mm -hmm. so it got, it got pretty miserable out there. (laughs) Yeah. I heard, I heard heard that from several people on their posts on social media. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a, um, let's see, who was it? Uh, Eileen Curlin and um, her sidekick, they did a whole video on the fact that they couldn't keep the bathroom door in the Porta John closed. And so there's this whole video of one of them holding it and the other one, you know, and it was just, it was hysterical because it was so close to reality that you, it had just ripped the door right out of your hand. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was kind of, fun well, at least it's just the door and then topple them over while you're inside of it. That would have been even worse. Exactly. <laughs> but the, it toppled some of people's targets and some of the canopies. It really was. Wow. It really was That's... windy. So yeah. were there any favorite guns that you were able to shoot with free ammo? While you were on um, industry day there, well, you know, you go you go in and you and you look at the stuff you know, and you look at the stuff you don't know, and and so Henry's got some some kind of new and unique um, rifles, and um, one of them has a name that I can't even remember what what it was. The heritage. It, no, 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 no. Okay. It, it was a it was a new caliber, new cartridge. Um. If I hear it, I'll know it, but I can't remember what it was. And then they had they had a semi-auto rifle that was silenced. And it was pretty darned amazing. So that one, just standing back listening to someone else shoot it, was like, this is going to take the industry by storm. It, it Because, I mean, typically, even a silenced uh, firearm, you know, you hear a certain not necessarily crack, but a certain level of noise. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was way below that. I mean, it was, it was remarkable. So there was that, um, there was a couple different pistols, you know, so you're looking at things, you know, and then things they expanded on that kind of stuff. But I think if I had to say what one thing, there was a company that um i had never heard of before and they said oh we've been coming to shot show for i don't know forever it was called alpha foxtrot and they had a nine millimeter steel framed pistol and um the engineer in me really appreciated this pistol and then the female in me really appreciated this pistol so it had some kind of a coating put on it in its slides and stuff to where they really put a minimal amount of oil on it. They needed to put a minimal amount of oil and it was so smooth. And the slide was that you, I mean, you could actually, it was just amazingly smooth. And you know how, you know how when you shoot and handle like the Smith and Wesson easies and Mm -hmm. how easy they are to manipulate and how, how easy they are to rack the slide and all that. This gun was in that category without having any of those features. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- it was what caliber was it? Nine. Nine. Okay. That's and real good. So it was a full size nine in, and it was just, but they said that they attributed to this coating that is on. So it's, it's some, I don't, I, they didn't tell me what the coating was, but you could see that fit and finish was pretty amazing on it. The coating was pretty amazing on it. And then we went back and handled it some more when we weren't in the blowing wind and dirt and all of that. And um, it it's it's pretty amazing. It's got a price point of like 13, 1400 bucks. So it's not, you know, it's not it's not the five, six hundred dollar gun, but it was definitely one that I'm circling back and looking at again. It really is. Mm-hmm. And they said that they had gotten, they'd made their name, and maybe other people already know them, 
but I had not heard of them. They'd said that they made their name by manufacturing parts for other companies for years and years, names you'd know. And they decided that they would start their own line of guns. And so they really have this pretty filled out line of of things. But I was pretty impressed by that. Mm -hmm. That sounds very interesting. I've heard the name Alpha Foxtrot before. Um, but again, I think it's, it was in the parts arena, not as far as mm-hmm. producing their own uh, firearms. Right. But that could yeah. be very um, interesting to see what kind of coating they have. Did they have any um, information on how long they uh, expect that to to stay on, or is it a lifetime? Uh, um, no, I didn't. I and I didn't ask, you know, because frankly, in, in me, I'm thinking: is it one of those impregnated Teflon coatings? Is it a you know, is it an oxide type coating that's got that's impregnated in or t- but it but it wasn't it, it it didn't look like it was like a vinyl coating or, you know, it wasn't an on it wasn't an addition to the surface. It was like it's impregnated in the surface, yeah, baked when you into the surface it. or something else like something that. that when you looked at the parts, you saw steel, you didn't see coating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's that. That is uh, really cool, and uh, man, I'll be going to the NRA annual meeting in Indianapolis, uh, and I will hopefully they'll be there, and I can yeah. uh, check that out because that would be a very interesting one to see. Won't be able to shoot it like you did, but I'll be able to at least uh, get go. my hands on it. Right? Yeah, and I mean, and you'll see manipulating it. It had a it had a nice crisp trigger. I mean, it was just uh, it's. I'm well personally. I'm looking. For a full size nine millimeter, I realized that in my in my in my collection of of things, my husband has a full size nine millimeter that I have been that I had absconded with, and um, recently he realized that and took it back and, <laughs> and told me to keep my mitts off of it. So based on that, I have to shop for I because I carry the P three sixty five. And so I, I tend to like to practice with a full size in addition to my concealed carry. And so, you know, I, I know I need to round things out a little. Yeah, it's a, that's a shame that you got to go shop for a new pistol. That's just, yeah. I, I I have that problem all the time. My wife just won't, you know, you know, she tells me to go out and buy guns and I, and I just don't have time to do that. I just don't have time. <laughs> Look at that. No, I, um yeah, I, I was, uh. I had to sh- I was shopping for pistols not long ago and that made it to where there was now no more room in the safe and I had kept ammo on the bottom two shelves of the, of the safe and so I had to move it all out and I, so I put it in the pantry <laughs> so I had to move the pork and beans <laughs> of course. and I took I took two sections <laughs> of the pantry and I put all my ammo in there and my husband comes home and he's like where did all this ammo come from and I said out of the safe and he's like no 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 where did all this ammo come from? I'm like, well, the ammo fairies, where else would it come from? Well, when I pulled all the stuff out, um, I had somewhere around 27,000 rounds of 22s in addition to, so there was a, there was a little bit of a pile. We'll just say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While you were, while you were at industry day, did you get a chance to look at the Henry heritage, which is their new nine, uh, nine millimeter, uh, carbine. I, um, I looked at it, but some of it, when you're trying to navigate around industry day, you get an influence. And I hate to sound like this. You get an influencer that's standing there with their camera crew. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say 
Well, right now I teach at the Ambassadors Academy, teaching influencers how to be Second Amendment influencers. And the one thing that I'm going to tell them all is dudes and dudettes, when you go there, you go up there, you shoot, you film, and then you step away and you record all the rest of your stuff and then edit it together. Do not hog all the space where everybody else can't get in. Mm-hmm. And and they do. And I just want to like yank on their tail, shirt tail, and, and tell them to get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. But no, it was pretty jammed up. That booth was pretty jammed up when we were there. I will say this. I was at a Friends of NRA event right before SHOT Show and mm-hmm. actually got to get my hands on a, a Henry uh, Heritage. Okay. And they are, I wasn't able to shoot it because it was obviously a banquet event, but I was able to go along with my hands on them. They, I think they've got a winner there. It looks sharp and it'll take, um, the Henry magazines. It'll also take your Glock magazines as well as your Smith and Wesson M and P magazines. So that's the one. Really yes. So that's where the, you tell them which magazine, which gun you have as a, as a comparator so that it doesn't take them all folks. It only takes one and you have to pick which one it takes. But yeah, I, 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 yes. Yep, so we yep. saw it in the booth afterwards. Like, Cause I didn't, obviously I didn't shoot it because I couldn't get there because of all the asses and elbows, but oh, well. Mm-hmm, yeah. What other uh, guns did you find interesting there? You know, um, I, I, there's a FN that I'm kind of jonesing over. And so there, there was that, but it was really, it's really kind of funny when we get to shot now. Um, we Rob, Rob, my radio partner and I kind of split up and go in different directions and he goes and takes all his time and handles all the guns. And as crazy as it is, there's just not enough time. And since I'm going to be doing a concealed carry fashion show or two, I was out looking for concealed carry fashion show folks. And, um, and Rob was looking at guns and then, then of course I'm trying to do everything I can for my NRA run. So it just... And, oh, by the way, a couple of hours on Radio Row recording shows from for everybody else. And so there was, I saw more gear that I thought was interesting than I really saw mm-hmm. in guns that to handle. So um, in gear, there's a guy who's got a rifle case called Core, K-O-R, that is, um, do you know those inflatable splints that are filled with kind of beads or BBs? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those, you know, yep. in an emergency? Well, he's using that concept and he just got a patent issued to it to take your range box or your gun box that you're traveling with and flying with. And you pull out all of the foam and you put that in and then you can set in whatever guns you want. You well, you blow it up, set in every gun you want, kind of pillow them in, suck the air out of it, and it makes all these indents, and it gives you now a case, and you put the lid on it. And so he demoed it with rifles. He demoed it with a stack of pistols, with magazines. I mean, so so we did an interview with him because I think that is going to, for those of us who travel a lot and don't just you know we're not a professional three gunner that has the exact same thing all the time so if sometime you're going for a shotgun class or you're going for pistol class it allows your case to be everything that you want it to be and so that was kind of cool that's a neat concept yeah i i was i was pretty pretty impressed with it but he had like been issued his patent like like october i mean i mean it's it's brand spanking new Mm mm-hmm 
then there was a guy that he does not have his gear out until um, he, he's got a new product and it's coming out. I think he said June or July. And for the life of me, once again, I don't remember the name of it, but it is, uh, um, you know, the on on the on your slide of your gun, you got that kind of hammer down button that you can add on so you can get a much better grip of, on your gun. Mm-hmm. He's got that that's on a hinge so you can put it on your concealed carry gun and it folds up and then it opens back up using kind of the same technology that like like the fold up steps in in a in a bigger truck where you're trying to climb up the side of the truck but then you can fold them up and out of the way he's got that and i looked at it and and um i was talking to to somebody from gunsight and they were like yeah that's a solution in search of a problem okay i don't think so I think that's a solution for a problem. And the problem is brand new female shooters who are saying, one, where do I put my hands? Where do I put my thumbs? Mm -hmm. Because it shows them exactly where to put their forward thumb. And, um, And for people who don't have a lot of hand strength, it helps keep the muzzle down so that it will, it will, it'll bring your gun right back down to where you're at. So I'm waiting to see that. I want that in my hand. I really want to try to play with that a little more. But the part that I saw of it and the handling that I did of it, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with it. I thought it was kind of cool. And um, they had a 365 there, so that you know, so I'm, I'm doing my grip, my gun, and mm-hmm. um, it was like right where it's supposed to be. It was pretty, pretty darn amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've. As instructors, we've got to remember not everybody's got the same size hands or grip it the exact same way. And sometimes, uh, sometimes those improvements really make a difference, especially for the new shooters and, right. you know, for people that don't grip or don't have the same size or strength as uh, we have it. And, you know, that's where, I mean, that's why we have so many different sizes of guns and grips, uh, grip, uh, modules and different things like that we can add so mm-hmm. that people can customize it. Well, and, th- and I think that that's one of those differences between, frankly, male instructors and female instructors. Um, because I equate this to motorcycle riding. When they taught me how to ride a motorcycle, the, the guys were teaching me and they're like, you just get it and you do this, right? And you just take your arms and you do this. And no, you don't. Not, I can't, right? So in order for me to be able to steer my motorcycle, I actually would have to shift on my seat. And so... I started to look at that and I realized that men carry most of their strength in their upper body. So their, their shoulders, their chest, and Mm -hmm. women carry most of theirs in their hips and thighs. And so guys ride their motorcycle with their shoulders and women ride it with their rear. And so what happens is when you're talking about shooting guns, women don't have that upper body strength that men just take for granted. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the same, it's the same thing kind of in a different arena, but the same, that same kind of piece. Yeah. Uh, be interested to see how the product when it come, comes out too and see, mm-hmm. see what it can, what it can do. Um, I might have some new shooters that, uh, would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, how about some other products that you, you saw that were. Those, I think those were the, well, then there was, um, there's a company called, um, what is it? Glitter gun. Have you seen that? So there's a company called Glitter Gun that has that makes I'm, I mean they're delightfully tacky and um and so 
but I'm a fan of colored guns. I, I, I think that once you are sure that you've got a gun that works, I mean, it has to be 100% dependable first, then it can be fun. And, um, so this company called glitter gun, it caused me to stop and back up and, and look at it. So it's got this porous surface and it's got, got a whole level of bling and, and i believe we'll end up with a teal gun <laughs> that matches the dc project in in the teal glitter but that mm-hmm. was that was kind of that was kind of cool and i'm trying to think of what else what else did i walk away with going i'm going to have to circle back to those folks i mean there was some concealed carry gear that i was looking at and some really good quality products in the concealed carry arena um you know, but primarily, you know, purses, holsters, that that kind of thing. That it's like, yeah, most people are like yawn, but um, but that's kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, it's uh, it's it's good to hear different people's perspectives on Shot Show because I saw it was a little over thirteen miles of uh, booths that they had, and you know, I mean, you know, they had. I- 50 state all 50 states and 115 countries if i remember the email i got this morning from it and it's like wow that's 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 a humongous show when you think about you know walking if you walked every single booth well you try to you don't have time to walk every single booth you really don't you you kind of get to a spot where we would do two hours of radio and then we'd start walking and over the course of shot show itself we walk 36 miles and um and didn't see it all. So I went and saw like all the all the new stuff so that um what do they call that? That's that that thing that they had Monday and only Monday and Tuesday so up on the fourth floor. Um and then there was some new n- fairly new products because people have to they have to get to a certain level before they're allowed to have a booth on shot show floor. So they, they could get these micro booths that are there for a day or two kind of thing or the, or new product, new product showcase, I think is what they called it. Um, so, so I, I walked all of that. Um, it's really interesting that there are a lot more people that are trying, that are in manufacturing that are trying to market to the gun manufacturers and they can't just be marketing marketing to the big ones. They're marketing to the all the little pocket AR companies and and that kind of stuff. But there was a there was a a ton of them. The black oxide coders and the bluers and and the heat treaters and you know and the and the different um, you know multi spindle machines and that kind of thing. All that kind of fun stuff. I'm assuming mm-hmm. they probably had the people there that or were. Uh, uh, had Kydex machines to go along, make uh, your build, form your own holsters and things like that. Oh yeah, and so there, there was also up there people who were selling Kydex and people who were selling canvas and people who were selling. So, so there were the people who were supplying the stuff and then the machines to do it. And then, yeah, yeah. So yep. on the show floor, they actually some they brought in a couple milling machines and had them, and that's kind of new. I mean, it, it's like they've expanded the show and added some of that type of stuff yeah because that, uh, that, that takes a little bit to move those kind of machines around oh yeah to say the least um yeah i yeah. saw one post today that they were just 
pack, uh, finishing packing up and SHOT Show finished up last Friday. So it's taken them six days to get everything packed up and shipped back out. So, well, some, I mean, that one, the one milling machine they had um, was bigger than my car. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not little. Yeah. Mm hmm. I understand. Well, hey, let's uh, shift gears back to what okay. uh, we were talking about. Um, a little uh, birdie told me that somebody's running for the board of directors, and it's you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anybody who is a five, has been a year to year member for five years or more, or is um, a life member in any of the levels, can vote for the board of directors. And so you're getting your February magazines. They're coming out this week, actually. So mm -hmm. so Got mine, mine came. So mine came yesterday, and. Um, if you look on the cover, it says you are a voting member. If you are, so they so they there's two covers that come out during for the February thing, and um, inside is bios for everybody who's running for the board, and then uh, then a list of that for you to vote for, and you can vote for up to 26 board members. So the NRA board of directors is made up of 76 members, which is. Every year, 25 members, 25 board members are, are elected or reelected. And then at the annual meeting, a, a an additional, the 76th member. So if people missed it, they didn't quite get to be, those people can't run and are are then in their own mini election on the uh, at the annual meeting. And they're the ones that... Uh you find or are greeting everybody and trying to get you to sign there um, or they're trying to lead you to the uh, voting booth so you can vote for them because Ex the voting yeah. for the 76 position is live during the, during the conference. During the conference. So those people do nothing but stand at the door, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for three full days, because that's what they've got to do in order to be able to do it. Um, so, yeah, so I have submitted my packet of information to the nominating committee for consideration. And I think this is the fourth or fifth year before I made it through their vetting and was nominated. And I understand that for everyone that's nominated, there's probably three or four more. Um, so, so you've got a 25% chance of making it, making the cut. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, Here's a big question I always ask, you know, those uh, members that are trying to get my vote, you know, the 76th vote at the mm -hmm. uh, annual meeting. And I'll ask you the same thing. What are your plans if you get on the board of directors as far as it is going to go along and entice me to want to vote for you? Well, I think there's a there's a couple things. One is um, most people, most people that are in in tune with Second Amendment and and listen to podcasts or read read the magazines, whatever, know that Letitia James and the New York, New York attorney general has, has declared war on the NRA. And so they, she has gone after them and they have been fighting her for, I think it's six years. And so you want, you absolutely want the NRA. It survived 150 years. You want it to survive another 150 years. And so, so I believe that as it comes out of this lawsuit, as it comes out of this, we're going to want board members who have business experience, who have problem solving experience, who, who have some vision and who can see into the, in, see something in a little bigger than, you know, looking down and just seeing your feet as you walk along. And, um, so, 
So I think that my continuous improvement, I, I have an engineering degree. I just, I just retired as an aerospace engineer. And um, so, you know, I've spent years helping companies that were in distress or buying companies and, and incorporating them and taking care of the employees because the heart of a company is the employees. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's one consideration, no matter what anybody feels like on, on pieces of the NRA, you, it won't survive if everybody who works for the company and has all of the residual knowledge of all of them are gone. And if you scare them away, that's what'll happen. And so that's, that's a piece of it. The second part is, is that I'm an instructor and, and I'm a recruiter. And I believe that we could do a way better job of, of encouraging the instructors, working with the instructors, supporting the instructors, um, using instructors as recruiters and vice versa and causing the connection, we, the instructors know that we really, we really are the face of the NRA. To most mm -hmm. people, the only NRA they know is the guy who taught them concealed carry, the guy who taught them hunter safety, the guy who is leading the Friends of NRA banquet. That is the face of the NRA to them. Mm -hmm. And yet when we get to an annual meeting, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. And I think that there should be some more something there. And so that so that's kind of a piece of it, and then uh, then a couple of years ago the NRA TV collapsed. It went away in this divorce between the NRA and Ackerman McQueen, and so I believe that publications, print publications, are good, but they're not the future. It's it's in addition to. I mean, we're on a podcast. I have yeah, a radio exactly. show. There's an on-demand <laughs> TV station that that is clamoring for content, you know, and um, and I ask about that, and I was told, yeah, 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 the numbers weren't that good. We're not doing that. I went on that committee. That's what, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's it's that kind of stuff where it's like, okay, where did you get those numbers? What did they look like? What were we doing? Why? How can we? You can't just say that the future is not podcasting the future is not the in you know it's years ago in an engineering class they talked to me about the fact that the guy who um developed the digital watch went to switzerland and said look i've got this digital watch and i want to offer it to you guys because you have the corner on the watch market so ta-da here it is and switzerland looked at him and said Watches have gears and hands. So the, yep. so the guy left. He went to China. <laughs> and how many people currently wear a watch that has gears and hands? Where at one point it was probably 98% of the population. It might now be 8% of the population. Yep, exactly. I've, I've got some of those in a drawer. But my daily watch is you know, a digital watch. So that's, that's the thing that I want us to be able to, to look at. We're still telling time, but you can't just go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried it. Yep. Well, I think the, I think the podcast is probably a really good idea and I'll, I'll use this podcast as kind of an example because we don't have a million subscribers to it. 
but we do have what the subscribers we do have are very dedicated because Mm -hmm. we're very focused on the topic of uh, firearm training. You know, we don't, we don't talk, we, you know, we don't do product reviews. We don't go along and, you know, venture too far into the political space. We, mm-hmm. we focus on that, that, uh, firearm training. And that's why we're in the top 2% of podcasts, uh, worldwide. And right. for a niche podcast, I, I'd say that's pretty darn good. That and is that's, pretty darn and good. And that's where you want to be if you're, if mm-hmm. you're going to be in the podcast, you don't want to be, you know, down in the lower half. You want to, you want to be in the upper half. And if, you know, the top 10%, I think would be a, a very good, uh, place. And at the same time, it's just, you know, the, your radio show, my podcast, other podcasts are there. People go along and listen to them. And if it's not something relative, they just switched another one. I mean, it is mm-hmm. the, it is the Amazon listening environment to where if i don't like it i just go on to something else i don't i don't sweat it sweat over it i just move on exactly well and so i think that i think that there's value to to terrestrial radio at the same time because people who are looking for podcasts know that they're looking for podcasts Mm -hmm. but there are people who don't know that they exist who would be looking for them if they knew that they were there so you kind of have to to a point have a gateway drug (laughs) To uh, to lead them to mm-hmm. to the first podcast, and once they find the first podcast, they're like, oh, "Look, there's this whole forest here that I didn't even know existed." Yeah. Well, it's just like YouTube or uh, uh, Venimo, um, you know, yeah. all those other ones. I mean, once you start fi- you know finding the videos are out there, and you can type in anything to search for, and most most of the time, there's somebody who's put some kind of content out there. And if it's good content, you watch it. If it's not good content, you watch about. 15 seconds of it and switch off to another one. It's, and you move on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm telling, yeah. And then, and then your phone gets loaded with those forever. So I am, I am watching cookie frosting videos because I don't know. I obviously was watching one and now I get to watch them all. So <laughs> mm-hmm. in case you want to know how to frost a cookie. Well, you want to know the one thing I find with some of those, I've never realized how complicated some of that stuff is. Because I would just take the frosting, take the spoon, stick it on top of the cookie. That was, you know, more than more than merrier. But there is actually a method to the madness. Oh my, yeah, they're they're <laughs> artists, is what they are. But you know, most yeah. of the time at my house, the frosting never makes it to the cookie. It gets to the spoon, and then that's the end of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I that's mean, neither all, here nor there, and all, we're not all judging. kinds of topics. Well, those those are, I think, some very compelling uh, items that, again, you know, we need the NRA. Uh, we mm-hmm. need it to be strong and, you know, but at the same time, there's uh, a need to, for you know new vision for new, you know, new direction. You know, how, how do we go along and, you know, face the social media where world as mm-hmm. it is now and the, and where the politics are and things like that, just standing up and saying the same thing we have for, you know, last 10, 20, 30 years probably isn't going to get us the same results again. We need mm-hmm. to go along and, you know, have a more engaged, uh, you know, members we but at the same mm-hmm. time we've got to go along and get the information out so so that people can go along and be educated because i think nine out of ten people that i talk to about uh gun issues once they go along and you know hear that hey you know a assault rifle is pretty much no different than your shotgun that you know grandpa mm-hmm. you know goes out hunting with or it's no different right. than the 22 that you shot at camp or different different uh, uh 
similarities like that they all of a sudden well why are they making such a big deal out of it because if they went along and they said you know we're trying to ban grandpa's uh, guns nobody would support it mm-hmm. but if they put it make it mean and nasty all of a sudden people can can support it which is like yes that is discriminatory but that's that's how our politics works well, it's kind of funny because if, the the one meme where they do the thing with like the Ruger 1022, depending on the different furniture, is it is mm-hmm. it an evil black rifle or is it not? You know, and it's the same it's the same rifle <laughs> with di- with different furniture, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So we could probably do a whole podcast plus um, on talking about those kind of uh, kind of issues, right? So frustrating exactly. for all of us. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Amanda, um, we've been asking all our guests this season, can you recommend uh, an event that you think instructors should go and check out um, to improve themselves and help well, their students? I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it pretty general. Here's the thing that, that I do and I encourage everybody to do. And that is to reach out to two different classes or instructors and get additional instruction. So what you're going to find out is that every instructor teaches differently. And there's teachers who resonate with you and teachers who don't resonate with you. You know, I took a class one time and there was a guy who tried to teach me how to go into the combat crouch position. Okay. And I'm like, so I'm trying to ask him, where, where's my center of balance? You know, am I on my toes? Am I on my heels? Where am I at? So I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I doing? And where do I put my butt? Right. Where, how am I? Mm-hmm. And he couldn't answer it. He was completely befuddled. Well, the end of that conversation, I realized he was not the instructor for me, no matter what else he might've wanted to teach me. The fact that he'd gone down this rabbit hole, we were done. Now, on the other hand, anything that Brian Hill teaches out of, uh, out of, uh, Delonica, yeah. So Delonica, Georgia, Anything that Brian Hill teaches, I want in it. And so um, so I will be taking a, another complete combatant um, class that when they do that, they do this kind of a medley class in, at the Mingle. Yep, the and Mingle. So I was just going to say that. So I'm registered to go to the Mingle. I went last year and the year before, you know, so I'm and and it's really good stuff. And then um, last year I went to Gunsight and took the 250 class for the second time. And I took it with my concealed carry gun. And so um, so that's the thing that, I, that I'm going to say is, is I had a guy that I was talking to at a cocktail party and he said, my instructor says this. And I said, your instructor? Like singular? And he's like, yes, anything I need to know, this guy knows. I'm going to say, if that's your statement, walk away because that's not good. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need to open yourself up to different ways of learning, different things of learning, and it's all evolving and changing all the time. So, so you want to learn some of the old way, you want to learn some of the new way, you want to you you're going to pick up something from everybody that makes you a better instructor. Mm-hmm. And so, set some time aside for yourself and and become the student. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely, and. Uh... I've been taking some last couple of years, taking more red dot courses just because mm. red dots are becoming more prevalent. Right. And I've seen more of those in my classes. So it not only serves me, but also serves my students along those lines. And I also like taking uh, first aid courses 
Why? Mm. Because if something happens on my range, I want to be able to go along and, you know, do the best job I can uh, to, to help right. that person. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just a simple, you know, sprained ankle or, you know, a, a boo-boo, or maybe, you know, it's something more where I got to do CPR in order to, you know, help save that person. And again, it's one of those things where I want to be prepared because I realize that, you know, first aid, I'll probably need a lot more than I'll need my gun. But at the same time, I'm going to go along and practice with my gun, practice with, uh, you know, doing mm-hmm. force on force, doing all those things to keep sharp that way, but stay sharp other ways also. So well, very, very uh, good suggestion. A lot of our instructors take first aid classes like CPR and first aid, but they don't take stop the bleed and tourniquet classes. And I think if you're a firearms instructor, you should step up to that level. Because if some if something horrific happens, it's probably going to be at that category where first aid is required. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or in the worst case, we should be prepared to uh, to provide that level of care to mm-hmm. uh, to them. So yes, yeah, I agree. Well, Amanda, where can people find out about places you are teaching and uh, your run for the NRA Board of Directors? So most of my run for the NRA Board of Directors is happening on Facebook. Um, I, I, well, there was a recently there Monday recently was an article that came out on the truth about guns that John Petrolino wrote about me, and um, I shared it on Twitter. I shared it on LinkedIn um, because you know business people, and um, and then I shared it on Facebook, and the LinkedIn got like fifteen hundred views already. I mean, it's, it was pretty amazing for for the business side of things. But um, there is a Facebook page that's open to the public called Amanda Suffolk, great choice for NRA Board of Directors. And so I sent you the link for that if you want to mm-hmm. add it to your show notes. It will be in the so, show notes, and I see okay. you've got quite a few people that have uh, already done endorsements for you. So that's great. Yeah, so I've got and I've got a, a whole bunch more coming, and so so that's that's so that's kind of a kind of a cool thing. So that's kind of my campaign, if you will. But it also if if people want to have a better idea who I am, I tried to put in some of the different articles about me, some of the different things that I've done, so they get a snapshot kind of of who I am. Because that, I think that that's really what they're looking for is who's representing them and who's going to help help them save the organization. And I'm not, I'm I'm one of seventy six, but help maintain that organization and have it live a long and healthy life. Move it, move yeah. it down the road into yeah. you know a bright future for itself and also for its members. Exactly, exactly. So and I've, then the I've f- been a member for a long time, so I yeah. I support it. Uh, yeah, me too. So um, it's really funny. I, I have to. I have a. I have an NRA story. My my brother has been an NRA um, life member for so long that when you walk up to the counter at the annual meeting <laughs> and they ask for your number, he's his starts with CLK, and so he rolls out his number starting with CLK, and and the guy behind the counter says that's not an NRA number, and this older guy over the. Uh, over the way was like, yeah, that's a number, but that's an old number. So I think I think he's been an NRA life member for like 45 years or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But um so so it's so they've switched they've since given him a number number instead, but there's that. 
The other place that folks can find me is on the website for my radio show, and that is I on the Target Radio, E-Y-E, I on the Target Radio.com. Okay. And I'll stick that into the show notes too. So if people want to catch you there, hear what's going on, uh, they will be able to find it. Yeah, that'd be great. So definitely appreciate your time tonight, Amanda. Um, great having you share your experiences from uh, SHOT Show and also a little bit about why you're running for the board of directors. And I wish you the best of luck. I think you'd make a great, great director for the NRA. Okay, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you um, listening to me rattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the listeners listening to us rattle along. How's that? Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. I really hope uh, Amanda's successful in her bid for the NRA Board of Directors, but um, we all know it starts off by having a whole lot of uh, friends uh, talk about and encourage other people to vote for. So I encourage you to do that. Do you have a topic you'd like me to talk about? Somebody I should interview. You have a topic that you would like me to talk to you about? Email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. You can also leave us comments on our Facebook page. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainers Association, and check out their instructor insurance. We've all worked hard to establish a business. We've all worked hard in order to get certified. Now think about going along and getting FTA coverage. And remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.